I'm Samantha Rise, and welcome to Vagina Talks, where we speak about, to, and from vaginas. This is a show of alchemy, where we turn poison into medicine, disconnection into wisdom, and isolated wounds into communal peacemaking. Here's your host, Sophia Wise One. You already know everything they could teach you. You already know everything they could say. We are here to remind you what you already, already, already know. I just want to take a minute to acknowledge that Vagina Talks understands that gender is fluid and dynamic and goes way beyond the binary of either woman or man, she or him, and that in fact it's a living and evolving thing that's actually personal, person to person, and that our bodies, even our understanding or the ways that we experience them can vary. It's important for me that that's something that has space here on Vagina Talks, and at the same time, I also am carrying this understanding that womanhood and the experience of the feminine and all of the female in the splitting of that binary has been injured, has been hurt, has been dismantled. And so I'm looking to have a space where the feminine and the female and the female body is reclaimed and respected and lifted and inspected and known, as well as a space that goes beyond the binary and that acknowledges that these are limited constructs mostly put upon us and that we're in the process of evolving into something more whole and more true. Just wanted to say that some of my guests will use incredibly binary language for whatever reason from the places that they come from. And I just wanted to let you know that Vagina Talks has a much wider understanding and it's a living one. So feel free to chime in as we go along. Without further ado, today's episode. Welcome, loves, to Vagina Talks. I am your host. They call me Sophia Wise One. Oh, my goodness. It is, we're recording today on 11-11-2021, which is a bit of a gateway if you're into the new repeating number numbers land. So I'm in the gateway space, and I really feel it. I spent this week preparing and and touching the internet back end of my website and drafting a newsletter. For those of you who are just joining me right now, you're like, who is, who is, what is this, who is, what's happening right now? Hi, hey, um, I'm Sophia. But for those of you who have really been with me, you already know that it's been like years that I've been like, I don't know how to work anymore. Um, really went through a sabbatical, a burnout, a reset, a, a, a process of, a heartache and just reorienting. Oh, and then by the way, the whole world turned upside down, which kind of felt like people joining me actually in a lot of ways. My life had been upside down in a lot of good ways and a lot of just unpredictable ways. And so we're all here right now and a lot of people are being invited to just join back in with the matrix, right? Like get back, get back in and people can't, like people can't do it. They're like trying to do it because they're supposed to do it and they they can't. They literally can't. And it's scary to not be able to play the game like that. And I know that because I've been not playing the game like that for a long time. And I have said the whole time, I understand why people don't 
do what I do. I understand every turn. I understand why people don't do it. Terrifying, physically and emotionally painful, and uh, and lonely and um, risky. And I also know why I do it. And I know why the people who do it do it because the rewards are so consistent and they're so phenomenal and they're beyond every promise that we were promised that didn't work anyway, right? Those those of us who have, whoever got married and thought that it would then be this thing that it wasn't, you know what I'm talking about? Those of us who like, worked and my guest today we're going to talk about this today had like worked and checked the boxes and did the things and they were like why am I dying inside like this like very thing of just being like giving this map of like here here you go this will work and it's like work for what it doesn't work for joy it doesn't work for health it doesn't work for good sex it doesn't work for for spiritual satisfaction like what does it work for it works for spiritual liberation if you can take it as a path um and so we're we're in this tender place and and I feel I feel very like humbled in this place and I feel very compelled to say it which is like there's a lot of people that don't know where to go from here and I'm like I've been where you've been and I feel different after the past few years of being really humbled and really devastated I have a happiness and a stability and a freedom that is growing by the week now like six months ago, I was like, oh, I'm getting it. I'm like, I'm, I'm feeling it. Like I'm healing. I'm feeling stronger and happier. And now I'm like, I am in it. Like I'm in it. I'm in it. I'm totally in it in this way that is like, I'm here for the game. Like I'm here for the game of life. Like I'm here for it. And so, so after this whole journey, I have relaunched ways to work with me. I'm offering classes and trainings. I haven't done that in, in years. I stepped back. I said, I, the way that I was doing it was hurting me. And a lot of people who, who know what it's like to try to help people and hurt yourself in the process. I was doing that as a business model. I was offering work and was coming out in debt and energetically I was doing work and coming out exhausted and physically sick. And I was like, well, I can't keep doing this. That's not how that goes. And so I literally put it all down and then I walked for a couple years uh, in excruciatingly intense faith as I let circumstance after circumstance catch me. And now uh, it was, it was two, it was, let's see, August, September, October, three months ago, it was the gateway of 8-8 that I received guidance on teaching again, that it was going to be time to announce and announce the training ground and and that every about like four years I'll teach a Reiki one class. I was a Reiki teacher 10 years ago and and that's just not usually my thing now. I'm like I try to I send everybody to Reiki all the time. I'm like go to get a Reiki teacher, learn Reiki. It's just it's just it's a wonderful lineage. It's very supportive. Do it, do it, do it. And uh, and I got the call that was like, "Okay, Sophie, it's time for you to to do it now." And so offering a Reiki one class and and all of that is like hysterical to me because I'm actually relaunching my business formally understanding that I'm a speaker that like my teaching work and my training works happen that's temple work I have like I'll do that if people want to do it from me but my like work or business is uh is give that woman a microphone so so yeah so I'm feeling amazing and I just feeling excited to share that with people and the Patreon has been a very steady and intimate little support space for me with some people that are just like I believe in you and I'm excited to be 
in that space now and contributing and giving back and building that space and and it feels I feel like I'm like on this other side so so it was a lot I just wanted to share all that a little check-in it's been a minute since I kind of got shared all of that I feel like the last couple episodes have been really tender just wanting to give people really sweet and nourishing practices the past couple episodes have been practices of things to do to just really nourish yourself we're gonna get talky talky today I have a guest who's like right on right on time right on theme um, for this notion of like unplugging from the matrix and really um, listening to your to your wisdom and your guidance and, and making a new life for yourself and I'm going to tell you a little bit about her and then we're going to get her magical voice happening here so Karen Freeland is a recovering corporate workaholic rest in peace corporate work After years in high-pressure leadership roles at Fortune 500 companies, she traded the boardroom for the bedroom. In her hilarious tell-all book, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, a penetrating memoir, she recounts the mishaps and misadventures she's had over 40 years with a special partner in crime, her vagina, named V. Women of all ages can relate to this raw and honest journey of firsts, long-term relationships, and finding pleasure. Karen is also a speaker and certified life and reinvention coach focused on helping women transform their lives and achieve their dreams. Through her signature Edit Your Life program, she offers one-on-one coaching, giving women all the tools and techniques needed to conquer fears and find their purpose. Karen Freeland is married with two boys and resides in South Carolina. Karen, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I am so excited to be in your presence today and share this moment with you. Yay! So tell me, where are you right now? So, so okay, so you wrote this book where you literally just, classic vagina talks moment, right? Like you just like <laughs> literally just give, I love that you, that it's your, you have this companion, right? That V right. is your partner and it's it's you and V on these adventures right like moment after moment on this journey um tell me so I have two questions and I wonder what you want to start with and one is like what's happening with you and V right now like what's the status give me the tea what's the update like what's on what's on the up and up for you and V and the other question is like at what point (laughs) I have this image of V being like Karen you got to pay attention to me. You got to pay attention to me now. It's got to change. I need, like, I cannot, you have been ignoring me. Like the moment that she like threw down, it's like, I have this image of like throwing the towel on the floor in the kitchen and just being like, it's like, it's me or the world. Like, what are you doing here? So, uh, so that's what I'm imagining. And so those are the two places, right? Like when she got your attention and how she got your attention. And, um, and now that she's got your attention, kind of what, what you're up to now so in either can time is super bendy so we can go either which way yeah well I'll start actually with the second question because I think you know V there there's different times in my life that she's thrown down right and like (sighs) had to be like hello like you forgot about me again you know like I'm over here and so 
it's not just like one moment where like that happened and suddenly I was like, you're right, V. Okay, I'm here for you now. And we're going to have this lovely relationship going forward that is, you know, intimate and deep and um, symbiotic and like everybody wins. Like that's not unfortunately how the at least my real world <laughs> seems to work. It's like, okay, you know, just when I was very young. So the... Um, book itself, The Ins and Outs of My Vagina, A Penetrating Memoir, is broken down into eight parts. And it's chronological. So you start from very young, like me first discovering like, oh, I have a vagina. Like, what is this thing? What, and I'm like, you know, poking at it. Like, what, what is all this business, you know? Yeah. To like going into um, high school, like that, going, that, puberty transition my hormones were raging and that was like the first instant where v was like oh there's a new sheriff in town and it's me and it's this hilarious dialogue we actually wrote the part two opener for the book as if it were like a play like as if it were a scene so you're actually yeah. seeing me you know and I'm describing me sitting on my bed and I've got you know like hair in a ponytail and like a t-shirt and some leggings or whatever and I'm just like you know reading some 17 magazines or cosmos or whatever and all of a sudden there's like this voice channeling through a tunnel and it's like hey psst, down here and I'm like who is talking to me like where is this sound coming from and it's like, hey, down here. And all of a sudden I realized like, oh, hi, who are you? Like, where'd you come from? And she's really kind of asserting um, her desire to get intimate and have sex with boys. And I'm like, okay, like, slow your roll. We don't do that in our family, you know? Um, that's yeah. not how I was brought up. You got to chill. And she very quickly makes me realize, like, you can try to make me chill all you want, but you have no control over what is going yeah. on here. Yeah. And so that was like the first moment that we had throwdowns. But I mean, you know, being pregnant, uh, we had throwdowns. Like being, um, get, really kind of hitting my sexual peak in my late 20s. Uh, whoa, she was like, hello. And she became the center of my world for a while. Like that was kind of all I wanted to do was just get to know V and see what we could do to make V happy. Um, but yeah. so there's been all these different moments throughout the course of my life. And I think if I take your other question, like right now where I think V is, is just in a very content place. And mm. just taking pressure off of V, off of me, off of my husband, <sighs> just letting it go. Because I think for so many years, I had such big expectations for every sexual encounter, for every every time I masturbated, for every time I just even existed, just the power that I wanted to exude in corporate yeah. and, you know, kind of using my center and letting all that feminine yeah. energy come out and enforcing myself actually to suppress a lot of my feminine energy and adopt more masculine approaches to be seen, to be heard. And now I'm just kind of in this space in my life at, at 41. So, you know, for those of you that might see the video, don't let the Botox fool you. <laughs> and I'm very transparent about my Botox. And people always say, I don't think you're supposed to tell people. But I'm like, ah, whatever. I don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't think you're supposed to tell people. <laughs> right? I well, I really am into my face moisturizer. I tell everyone about that. Ooh. So I 
yeah, it's really, there's a great episode. It's with Nadine Artemis. The company is Living Libations. There's an episode on, on Vagina Talks where she comes and she, it's all bananas plant magic. This stuff is like, um, it's amazing. It's rose. I could like literally sigh every time I put it on. Every day, morning and night, my whole body sighs. So you tell people about your Botox. I tell people about my rose elixirs. Yep. It's just what, the choices we make. Go for exactly. it. I love it. <laughs> so like now I'm just like no more pressure. Like we're just going to be, we're going to be content. If V is like raring to go, great. We're going to lean into that. If V's like, you know what? I'm good this week. Like I'm, I, I don't in my head need to make up stories about, oh, there must be something wrong with my marriage that we haven't had sex in four days or something. Like I don't need to force V to be like, super sexually active all the time because who who am I trying to impress who why like what am I trying to prove like just being more natural mm-hmm. and that's that's been a journey it's taken me a long time to get to this space right here where I can just be me and V mm. can be V yeah I love that love that so my brain is going in two places one is like where are me and v right now yeah. and the other is like about like the co- like that's we'll, we'll go there i think we'll go i think that's where we'll go and then we'll see where we go from there <laughs> that's yes. what's gonna happen so i really appreciate what you just said and i really want to like it's it's funny <laughs> i feel like this could sound terrible coming out my mouth but <laughs> i really mean it in a heartfelt place which is like thank you like, thank you for the work and the journey that you've done and the excavation and the dedication and the investment in your pleasure and your body and knowing yourself. And um, and also thank you for just being, like, softer with mm. yourself. I feel like it's so my body responds well to other people's bodies that are in a state of acceptance. It's yeah. like my sensitive system is like really appreciates it that shared experience and and I am having this really fascinating experience right now of like going through my divorce in which I was like this sex crazed divorcee um did my did my the quintessential um (laughs) rented a convertible and drove up the coast of California my best friend bestie was like Sophia you're like classic midlife crisis now and I was like I get it though in a way that I never got it like all those stories make a lot more sense to me they make so much sense like I it's like I just had to like burn it throw it jump it go there like humiliate myself yeah. in a lot of ways you know just like totally throw it out the window really find my freedom ticket and then in that in that place of like freedom right like whoosh being out there having this like oh yeah like this calm and this content and this like shift happening for me and I also remember being in my early 30s and being married and saying to my saying to my uh partner my former wife at the time I was like well she wasn't my former wife at the time she was my wife at the time. yeah <laughs> and saying and saying like I <laughs> what is time space um I I was like I She was a little bit older than me, and we were living in Taos, New Mexico. And Taos oh, is I love like, that area. It's amazing. Maybe just to visit. So I don't know. 
I love living there. Did you I go love back living there. there. Okay. I, oh yeah, I love living there, and I go back there regularly. And if I don't go back there, I like get weird now. Oh. Like I'm like I have to go back. Like the land is really has become really a regulating, powerful part of my path, and um, and living there is a little bit like living in a retirement community. Mm. Like everything like closes at seven thirty, <laughs> and like. <laughs> like my friends were awesome and of all ages but everybody was like chooses a bath at 4 30 on Saturday and like reads a book and goes to bed by seven right so um it was amazing and it was very healing you can imagine right yeah. it's like kind of like the town is like a, this like you know um and it's I'm exaggerating but only a little bit and like this was and I remember <laughs> I was like I'm I'm 31 and, like, I still have this feeling of, like, I want to make stuff happen. Like, I'm going right. to make it happen. And I was, like, and, like, in five years, I'm going to have a different energy. Like, I just know it. Like, I'm weird and I'm wise and I know it. That I am, like, biochemically, like, feisty. And I have watched myself. I'm 37 and a half now. And I've watched myself in the past two years exactly shift exactly like I knew it was going to just being like yeah I don't care so much what people think and uh I'm not trying to like make it happen I just it's like yeah it's like how I feel about my work now where I'm just like yeah I'll teach you I'll train you if you want to do it with me and like if you don't want to do it with me you don't have to do it just don't do it with me like I don't even have this sense of like I've got to launch my business I'm like people can pay me my like my high-end prices if they want to do it with me or they don't have to I did 20 years of not high-end prices. It didn't work. No, it doesn't work. <laughs> I really work. tried. I really, really tried, and I done hurt myself. So yeah. I'm done with that. Um, and if I'm not the right teacher, that's not the right space, or they're not whatever, I'm like, that's fine. God has other plans for me. Like, I don't need to make people I don't need to make me I don't need to make my vagina so like that energy shift that feels like very rooted I also had allostatic load adrenal fatigue like adrenal I got I got like sick my body like had stress like the chronic stress shutdown where I was like having night sweats and I couldn't walk 40 feet without getting winded this was in my 30s I was like I was like, I can't, like, the way that I was running my energy and my finances and my business and my relationships and my sex life was literally draining. It was just like, it was not working. And so that was another way in which I just kept being like, I just had to keep pulling the plug on all of these things and being like, I have to do this stuff differently. I can't, like, I just can't do it. And right now I'm having this wildly sweet experience where... (laughs) Like I had a date with this, like an impromptu, met someone through a friend and we're hanging out and we all went to dinner and then it was like, let's hang out. And then I was like, I have to pack. Um, For those of you who are just joining me today, like I've been nomadic full time for like over three years now. And I was like, I got to pack. I'm hitting the road. Like I'm doing this thing. Like we can keep hanging out, but you have to hang out like next in my room while I like pack these suitcases. So he comes and he's hanging out with me. And I said at some point, I was like, this is the part of the night where like, we would kiss like and like things would get like hot and I was like but I do this thing now where I'm getting to know people instead of just making out with them and sharing my body so like we're not gonna do that actually and so you can like so now you probably just now it's probably time for you to go home because we've like talked for like six hours (laughs) that's good like it's good like we had a good time you know yeah and I'm gonna like pack for another 
40 minutes and then I'm going to go to sleep. So, um, and I've been having this moment and it's so funny because like that's my V shift right now. Mm -hmm. And it's really comes from this place of my heart and my womb and my vagina being really a hawk just flew. Ooh. Like it tore over right over the window and right over my head. Like, just like, my God, little. I think I heard it. Right? Did it make a noise? Maybe I'm hearing I things. Know. I might have made that up, but I That's felt nice. like I heard. Like, <laughs> maybe it's spiritually talking to me. I don't know. It's I mean, that possible. sounds very real, reasonable. That is yeah. like not a stretch to me. That okay. makes sense. Um, yeah. So this place of like, I was so, I got, I had a lot of people meet me and be like, I'm so into you. And then when I am exactly as I was, like six months or 10 months or a year and a half later, and they're like, but I'm waiting for you to like stop doing these things. And me being like, but they are literally the same things that you liked about me before that you don't like about me now. And you're like surprised that they didn't go away. But I've always been like this. Like ask my best friends and my long-term relationships this is just how I am. And some of these things I'm growing and evolving, but like, what, like, and I just, it hurt, you know, it just hurt. And I was just like, and so my sex now is just in this place where I'm like, I have this one lover that I was like, I just want you to know that like, if you're ever going to put stuff inside my body, like anything, like a hand or a penis or your, like anything like inside. Yeah. That's probably going to be like a good six months to a year before anything goes inside my body now. This is like a different, and in some ways that's very similar to me in my teen years. Mm. Like I was very much a like, let's make out, okay, I'm leaving. And I, so I got called like a tease and a you know, heartbreaker yep. and like whatever, cause I was like, I'll like do the feel goods and then be like, okay, I'm good. Bye. But that deep merging energy is a totally different state of being. And I feel like in some ways, and it feels really good. It's like yeah. where the state that I'm in now is like very, um, it it's like an intact kind of maiden energy. This mm-hmm. like young, innocent, um, per- needs to be protected. Like she's really like, are they really trustworthy? Do they really know me? Like, is this this thing? And then this like very grown woman. That's like I have one consort like one partner that I've been having a very slow journey with for almost I don't know like two and a half years and it's like it's like that's the one person that I'm like okay I can like really surrender and really open and like really be in this space with you but even that has this regulation of like okay I've opened enough that's okay you know and so for me I really appreciate your like listening and just being like low pressure because I feel like there's this way in which I like am having that experience now and um and it's very healing to my heart and it's very yeah I think it's really good I had pelvic pain for years too so I think it's also it's nice to have like I think all the ways of taking the pressure off is really Mm -hmm. important yeah, I agree. And it's so interesting because there's this, then after I have my high school years, right, in the book, and I'm kind of this like wild child, and I'm the same thing. Like, I get labeled a slut, you know, oh, she's easy, whatever. But like, I just, like, I, it felt so good. And I just wanted to like experience all these different things. And I was like, I don't get the big deal. Like, at that point yeah. in my life, like, the way I lost, and I won't even say lost my virginity because someone opened my eyes to this. 
Um, I knew what I was doing. I didn't lose it. I didn't misplace it. I gave it up to someone. And I think this is such a beautiful way of like describing it versus saying like, lose my virginity. Although I totally use that language in the book. Um, Sure. You know, but it was like, after I went through this whole phase of just kind of like do whatever, I went to college with this idea that like I was going to wait, you know, I was going to give it a (laughs) little more um, respect and a little more thought before I was just like, hey, you look cute, like let's do it. And so um, it's interesting because I met my husband in college. And I made him, I did make him wait. I mean, we met the end of our freshman year and we didn't have sex until the middle of our sophomore year. So it was yeah. like, it in college life, that's like an eternity, right? <laughs> a long time, <laughs> a yeah. Long time. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But what's really funny is the guys in college, in late freshman year, that I ha- knew weren't going to be anything special, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Like, let's have sex. Because there was no... There wasn't that need for that emotional connection. It was like, I'm drunk, you're drunk, we want to do this. Like, let's, you know, of course we were drunk. Um, Like, let's do this, you know? So it's funny how, like, I put this value when when I really, truly felt a connection to the guy. Like, oh, I don't want to give it up to you too quickly because... I want you to maybe see me in a certain way or whatever. So I just, when you were talking about that, made me think of it. And I I think more women need permission to own their bodies in whatever way they see fit. Yeah. Because there's so much of a culture that is like women empowerment have sex with everyone. And so then you have women who are not comfortable with that. It really doesn't sit well with them. But they think like, Oh, well, this is women empowerment. This right. is If they're not doing it, then they're somehow repressed. And it's just like, right. no, choice, autonomy. Pa- that's where pa- sovereignty. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, you Over know, like body. if you want to be a virgin, then be a virgin. You know, like if totally. you want to give it up to everyone, that's <laughs> your call. You know? Give it up to everyone. Like, <laughs> exactly. You know? I just had this memory of, I was just thinking about this. I went to college my freshman year. I um, I shaved my head. I studied theater. I fell in love with a with a with a lady. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, I've always been like pansexual. Um, like ge- like gender body. Sure, sure, sure. But yeah, vessels are cool. Spirits are rad. So um, um, but I, I really fell in love. I was like, I just am such a good novel. Like I was just mm. like a really good novel happening. And, um, but I remember, and she was slower to like open with me. Mm. Like, she slowed me down, you know? Um, but I slowed myself down too. And, um, I, I, uh, but I remember when we finally did kind of have this consummation merging penetration experience. I was so, it was amazing. And then I was so mad because I felt, I felt like I wished I had never, I wished that she was the only person who had ever been inside me. Right? Right. And I was so mad that nobody told me I could feel that way. Not that it was right or wrong, but that that was, that that was a possibility. And then I was virgin obsessed and was obsessed for seven years so that, cause I learned that every cell replaces itself in seven years. And so I was on a mission to have a body 
that only she had touched. <laughs> wow. I that haven't talked about this. fascinating. And I've done multiple chapters of like celibacy in my a month or a year or whatever. And then I always make these funny rules. Like I remember one time it was like no vaginal stuff, but then butt stuff stuff became okay, right? right. Like it was like these ways in which it's like that 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 energy, right? Of just being like which is, I feel good about, like, I, I was able to reclaim, and I want to talk a little bit about this virgin piece, because one of my favorite definitions of a virgin is she who is whole unto herself. Oh. And that's what I was told. I kind of look up the reference for this, of, like, what the translation, one of the root translations of the word virgin, or what the virgin is it translated from, mm-hmm. actually means whole unto herself. Which to me is called is like an initiated, empowered, sovereign priestess. You can't give that away. Sure. So right. I actually, in many ways, when I'm having those conversations, I currently identify as a virgin. Interesting. Well, why not? With that definition, it makes perfect yeah. sense. And that there's a there's a way in which I do I can share like a virgin state, mm-hmm. right? And there is this way that to be whole is to be present. And so there's a way that there is a newness to that. There is a renewing aspect. There is a like, nobody has touched me before because I've never existed before. Like my, my constant evolving present cell, energetic vibration, frequency, like I'm more of who I was now than I was before. Oh, that's fascinating fascinating virgin thoughts I know and the other thing that cr- crosses my mind is so I have a I have another I have I have three podcasts vagina talks that we're listening we're listening to right now <laughs> you and I are listening to vagina talks live <laughs> we're making it happen we're creating you're making it happen um and uh my other podcast is called medicine caller and uh and that's specifically a lot around like everything I talk about is healing, but it's got its own, it's got its own bent. And, um, and then, um, my other podcast is called Temple Erotica, Stories of Sacred Sexuality. Mm-hmm. And that currently has one season and I'm brewing on the second season. There'll be another season coming soon. It's five episodes. And those episodes are, <sighs> that show is the rituals and the initiations and the experiences that my being needed but didn't get. Oh, tell me more. And so my most popular episode on, on out of the five is the ceremony to prepare for your first lover. Mm-hmm. And so it's this like, there it's the story right of just like, like having a having a, a it starts with her like the character. There's I lose the characters pretty non gendered. Um, on purpose I try to make them but it's whatever they vary and then um uh so I have a I have a dream that I share with the council and the council like responds and is like oh we know what this dream means like you're getting prepared like you're preparing for the shift you know and so they do this whole ceremony of like blessing and preparing um me for this process of sharing and that's the last episode the first four episodes there's not even a reference to a direct lover they're all about this mm-hmm. sexuality. You talked about, you know, your pressure on yourself for masturbation, right? And um, 
I remember I was in meditation and I went and saw the grandmother's council a few years ago and I went to them and I was just like, how do I make sex sacred? Like, how do I not mess this up? I've been sex crazed. And they just kind of looked at me and they were like, you like really can't not make it sacred. Like actually, like it just is, a, it's like, I talk about a lot, like a ceremony inside a ceremony. And so it's like when I'm menstruating and I'm having my moon, like I'm already in a ceremony. So then when I do a serum, another thing, I have sex inside, then I'm having a ceremony inside a ceremony. Or if I like do something else, it's like a ceremony inside a ceremony inside a ceremony. Like, like this understanding, it's like once you awaken to understanding the, the merging of consciousness with intention, with action, then you can't like undo it, you mm-hmm. know? And so I've been very hungry um, for this restoration and this reclamation of a, of a unified and and grounded sexual experience so um th- this virgin piece I think for me is like a very like I said like upset like I was upset like I was upset I, right <laughs> I was obsessed <laughs> I like really had some times and I think that was really a deeper wisdom of my womb and of my vagina and of my vulva and of my heart um, and my visionary self mm-hmm. of going like there's a whole other it's not not having sex with someone that wasn't sure. like I know now that's not what I was obsessed with but it was the closest thing like it had this some sort of resonant somehow similar related to you know like I just didn't have a lot of like full-blown empowered high priestess whores right sure. to show me what it was to like choose like what it is to have a consort like a high level you know spiritual practice partner and then what it is to it's like I was I've been healing people with my sexual energy and my sexual attention and my sensual attention and my unconditional love right and I imagine probably I don't want to put this on you but I imagine that is also true for you Karen like in college with all of these people that you didn't really care about but in that moment you also could like pour this river that was in you mm-hmm. right a generosity of spirit like a yeah. generosity of affection a generosity of connection and then you can give that and then you walk away right, right. and that, that that to me the like understanding sex as medicine and as a practitioner that I had this like instinct of being like yeah I can like kiss people and touch their face and also being like this medicine person that I am, I would also literally touch their face and be like, I can hear your grandmother telling you this thing. And so like messages would come through me or like things like while I was having these like casual hookups in high school, I was also like giving people psychic readings. And I think a lot of people do that when they're having sex without knowing that's what they're doing. Right. They're like, I just want to, they, you start saying things and then it like, you know, you get in, like if you're really in that surrender space, like, I don't know why I just said that. And then the other person's like, Oh my God, that's just what I needed to hear. Or that's what I used to tell my, call myself. Nobody's ever said that to me. Right. Like that we have those kind of magic moments inside that. Um, I was hungry for that. I was, I was hungry yeah. to know myself as a healing practitioner with my sexual energy. And it was funny that the closest thing I could kind of obsess with for a long time was virginity, mm-hmm. right? Because it was purity. Because I do understand now that that sacred sexuality, that medicine as sex or the practitioner is, that is purity, mm-hmm. right? There's like so much, there's so much integrity. There's so much purity. There's so much generosity. Um, yeah. Yeah, and so much beauty in that as well. Like it just, I, I just see this like 
light as you're talking I just like envision these bodies coming together in this like bright white light I don't know why but just like this clarity it's just I don't know it's a beautiful image yeah yeah, yeah, my my sexual experiences in uh, college, like, you know, this whole ceremony of, like, preparing for your lover, I think was me just like, okay, do my bra and underwear match? And, like, let me slather some Bath and Body Works lotion and body spray all over me. Like, yeah. yep, I'm good to, good to go. Um, totally. And, and, which is, might be kind of an interesting conversation also, is, like, I had never shaved my vagina before college. Um, Like, I always, growing up, like, I was so, like, I'm Italian. So I'm, like, a gorilla, actually. Like, I'm just covered in hair, like, all the time. I love it. So, oh, it's it's great. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. Just what, just what I wanted. Thanks for the heritage. Yay, Harry. Anyway, so I would, like, A long history of liking hairy people. Oh, okay, great. Well, see, there's somebody out there for everybody, really is exactly so yeah. most I, of my lovers thought it was really weird and then I was the weirdo right because right, like, I like it, it. right because I liked it and I was like I just like bodies I like hairless bodies I don't know whatever keep going okay. right so you so, hadn't shaved right so I but what I would do in high school is I would like hold out my pubic hair and use like a pair of scissors like like totally beauty scissors or totally. whatever and just to like shorten it up because it was like everywhere and I don't know why yeah. like that was just an instinct that I had but I'd never actually I've done it same thing of, a little trim trim yeah sometimes that's what you gotta yeah. do a haircut little exactly haircut. so I had yeah. never thought about shaving I don't know why I mean I did my bikini line obviously but then it just no one did that growing up and so I remember being at like a college party freshman year and I was just hanging out with some guys we got our little red solo cups you know with our beer we're hanging out on the front porch of some house and this guy who was probably at least two years maybe three years older than me looks at me and he's like oh I bet you don't even shave your cooch or something I don't know what the exact words were I don't remember how he I'm sure he did not say vagina you know Yo. or vulva like I'm sure he said like pussy or some other word you know what I'm saying sure so I know don't fuck that dude okay keep going it, oh right exactly yeah but I, I <laughs> just remember, for anyone listening yeah keep going <laughs> I just remember thinking like well now what I think I thought is different than what I actually thought in the moment I thought Oh shit, am I supposed to shave? Like Right, I, of course. I didn't get the memo. Of course. Nobody told me. I know, honey. Nobody told you. So what do you do? Like that, obviously you go home that night in your dorm and you shave that shit. <laughs> Yo, you and fucking thousands, millions of other people. Yeah. Right? And then now I go back and think about it and I go, what 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 right did he have? First of all, to comment. Second of all, to yeah. like that I actually listened, just like I, it's so mind blowing. Yeah. So, you know, but at that moment, I just saw that when you were kind yeah. of talking about all of this and this whole ceremony of how we prepare ourselves for a lover. Right. Even now, like, right. I do think like, oh shit, like the other day I was like, we haven't had sex in a couple of days. I'm like, I bet he's going to want it tonight. I was like, better shave those legs. <laughs> you know, there I am in the shower. Like. Making sure I'm not like a prickly cactus. And so yeah. it's, you know, I try to let go of some of those stigmas. And I I personally like when I'm not super prickly. I don't like the way it feels on the bed sheets. And like, you know, like I don't mind a day or two. But after that, I start to get annoyed myself. Yeah. So I really try to think, you know, that I am doing it more for me than for him. But 
Isn't it yeah. funny how we still yeah. have this ceremony and like, what what really is our ceremony? Why are we doing right. the things that we consider ceremonial? And is it what we truly want or are we doing right. it for someone else? Right. Are we doing it for someone else or are we doing it out of an instinctual need but aren't trained and given opportun- like alt- alternatives, right? Sure. Like, why are we not like... Like, like for our health, it's so good to massage our breasts every day. It's so, rose oil is amazing. Coconut oil is amazing. Sesame oil is amazing. It helps regulate the nervous system. It's really good for the heart. It helps open the heart chakra energy. Like massaging our own breasts just for three minutes, right? In the shower, just really like having that, that is like so good. Or people talk about massage, like oiling the face, right? Like keeping their face moisturized and just being like, so does our our vulva very like sensitive tissues when we get dehydrated or when we're stressed or as our body loses some like elastin and things like that like again coconut oil rosehip oil like you know these these things that are nourishing that help things keep like plump and vital in our human form like there are so many things that are I think there's like the instinct to take care of ourselves and then the options of what we've been told Right. Yes. So the instinct of just being like, I'm going to prepare myself, which I think is a very holy and like, even if it's, um, I don't know, I want to be, I, it's, I, if you don't have this instinct, I, I don't have any, I don't have any, sh- it's like, I'm not trying to shame not having the instinct. Right. Sure. Like some people, they're, they're, the way that they prepare comes from this place of like being as they are right? Mm-hmm. Like take me or leave me, right? Like this is how I am. Or there's the sexiness of it is like in the midst of a day. Like I love a good, I love a good car moment. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. right. Like it's like the, you know, that situation or like the, the thing that is the sexiness or the, whatever that is the, like off the, you know, off the beaten path. Like I'm like, yeah, 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 we can go to a bed, but like I'd prefer almost anywhere other than a bed. Right. Um, most of the time, if we're talking about just like for sexiness, right. Yeah. If we're going to do a whole situation, then I want to be comfortable. But, um, you know, so so I just say all of that to say um, that, like, the idea that you need to ritualize, I don't want to put that on anyone. For me, I needed to. And I think for a lot of people, they have an instinct and it's an innate wisdom to prepare. It's also like they've done research on digestion, which is that if people stop and whether they say a prayer or they just stop acting like with movement, they stop action and tell their body that they're about to eat food that your body prepares to digest. So when you like stop and say, give thanks before you eat, or if you just stop and you're quiet before you eat, you have a level of digestion that starts before you start eating that like improves the digestive process. Wow. So knowing that you were about to, right? And so for me, knowing that that's like, that there's a way in which we can just become conscious that we prepare our energy pathways, that there's like a real, a power and a place for that. Right. So it can be, I love high ritual. Like I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, and, um, and that is like not everybody's thing, right. They want to sit there for a moment and they want to eat their food. And that's what that's works for them. I'm like, let's sing a song. Let's say some yeah. prayers. Let's light some candles. Let's look each other in the eye. And then let's eat food. You know, and other people are like, are you kidding me? You're, we're going to do another thing. And like, that's not pleasurable for them. For me, right. 
very pleasurable. So like to each their own in that process. But I really think that a lot of people have the instinct, but don't have the alternatives to shaving off their, <laughs> I want to say sweet, precious hair. And I know some people like the way that it feels more and that's for them. And yep. like, that's great. And I know a lot of people that are like, literally like, I don't have to. The day they found out they didn't have to, never did again, never yes. looked back. Like that was that, you know? I know for me, I am so grateful that I went to this like hippie summer camp where I had like friends with like armpit hair and hairy legs and like very bushy, like like vulva pubic hair zones. So And we were like naked and skinny dipping and these were my mentors and they were sexy and fun and could dance and were kind and were everything that I wanted to be so that when I went and these like dumbass teenagers or dumb dumb un unknowing enculturated humans would make comments to me I'd be like you are not who I want to be and yeah. the person that I do want to be showed me a very different thing so like I don't really care what you have to say even though sometimes it would sting because people would sure. mock me because I was a weirdo but um yeah you know, that's okay. It trained me to be a weirdo as a grown person. In a, yeah, in but I just, kind of like, way. that's one of the other things, too. Like, I just want to get to this place in society where there is this, like, level of acceptance. Like, just, like, how mm-hmm. I'm accepting my body now and saying, like, this mm-hmm. is how it is. Like, can we just grant that for our fellow brothers and sisters and, and humans in the world? Like, why yeah. do we have to try to feel like we can control what someone else's does or like that invalidates what you want to do. It doesn't like we can just kind of coexist here and doing our own things and respect yeah. each other for those choices. I don't know. Maybe I'm wishful thinking. I don't think it's wishful thinking. I think it takes a lot more effort to maintain the, uh, 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 a, a, a normal, a normalized has, and I think it's it's absolutely this idea of like why do why do we think that other people are the authority over us? And I was like, right. because of imperialism, colonialism, white supremacy, and slave mentality. That's why, because it's been thousands of years of convincing people that they're only valuable if they are making a profit for someone else on the terms that someone else has designed. We have entire cultures mm. all over the globe that are designed on that. They're just foundationally designed on that you get to eat food if you played by the rules you can sleep under a blanket if you do what I told you to do with your body when to have babies when not to have babies who to have sex with who not to have sex with when you're allowed to have sex when you're not allowed to have sex like those are cultural like like I'd say social, they become social, cultural, social, political, religious structures that have been there a long time. And that when we go to claim it, a lot of the time we have to go to our lineage and say, thanks, but no thanks. Right. (laughs) Right? Like, I appreciate you. Actually, I'm obsessed right now. I just watched Amazon made a new version of Cinderella. Oh, okay. That is amazing. It is a redemption story for every character in that story. And wow. they give a massive, in this very, like, entertaining, musical, funny, hip, hop, like, like pop culture kind of way, commentary on where people come from, um, specially socialized women of, like, why it is that, like, 
like where and how you have to play the rules to get by. And it's really radical. And I think it's really, we're in a very powerful time right now to be able to say, I'm not going to play by your rules. I'm still going to have a place to sleep. I'm still going to have people who want to um, love me. I'm going to be able to um, grow food. Like this is, we're in a very powerful time right now. Very powerful time. And um, I I find it, I find it, um, sometimes I find it inspiring. Sometimes I find it devastating because it's rough right now. It's not an easy time for a lot of people all over this globe yeah Um, I do find the great resignation so exciting though because I'm like yes finally like people are getting it they're waking up and going like I'm not gonna play by your rules you know like yeah because it didn't I mean I did it for 15 years and I would say probably like the last five years was really where like shit hit the fan and I was just like can't do this anymore I don't even like who I am I don't like the person Mm. I see in the mirror like this is not Mm. me I mean, talk about being bad for your health. My gosh, I have cracked so many teeth. I had to go get a night guard so that at night I wasn't grinding so hard and shattering my teeth. Oh, awful. I developed silent acid reflux. My throat, I couldn't even barely swallow. It felt like food was getting stuck in it all the time. I was like, I have cancer. I'm going to die. It was just all the stress. And like, you know, being able to say, you know what? I'm not playing this game anymore. I'm not going to stay in corporate. I am not going to kill myself and work myself to the bone for what for a couple couple hundred thousand dollars like I I don't even need that much money like what what am I chasing it for like I don't need that much money to live and I'm not saying there's anything bad with money like trust me I I would I love money right I like there's a place for it it doesn't it's not bad inherently bad but it was controlling me in a way that was like yeah. ruining every other aspect of my life. And so when I shifted my relationship with the money and with, with you know, my health and where we lived, yeah. I mean, we picked up, we left New Jersey and we said, good riddance, we don't need this hustle and bustle, move to South Carolina. And we live such a simpler life. Mm. All of, I don't wear the night guard anymore. I don't grind yeah. anymore. I don't have reflux like I did. I mean, I was, there's still some, I can't like have tomato sauce and, you know, and lemons and like certain things, you know, because it just triggers it. But by and large, like I've moved back to like a much more normal, normal, I'm using air quotes, but you know, yeah. uh, where I Healthy. should be. Yes, exactly. For my body after making those shifts and so if you can really like understand like your own goals and this is a lot of what I do in my life coaching it's like what really are your values and what are your goals okay and is this thing that you're doing or series of things that you're doing serving you and helping you get to those goals or are they actually taking you off course and that That's is so a real key question it's yeah. so, it's huge. It's so huge. I am, um, <laughs> sometimes I've been called a, a quantum cheerleader that my like, my like, my, my gift in this world is basically that I just like, my like true identity, my truest thing is just that I'm like, good job. Good, you're doing a good job. Keep going. You know, we like, need more of that job. Yeah. So I do a lot of that. Um, and when I work with people directly, I do a lot of that, right? Yeah. Cause they come to me and they spill their wisdom and they spill their fear. And I say to them, good job. Like keep going, feel your feelings, you know, do the thing. And someone said to me and they were like, well, but like, 
that like that's not like you just say that all the time and I was like oh no I don't I don't say that all the time I only say that when it's true when you can like look at all the things and I'm like okay good job and then there was this moment I was like what I say to people when I can't say good job is um how's that working out for you right you know like how's that working out I'm just curious like I'm I'm curious like I'm curious because what I'm hearing right is that like Maybe it's not. It's not working you in the direction that you're trying to go. And and being able to just ask those questions and learning, and this is like my like listeners right now, like this is the permission slip for you to start asking those questions to the things that you never thought you could question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, question right? it all. Question why you're shaving question your pubes. It all. Question your job. Question where you live. Question your relationship. Like, question everything, and like listen. And but be willing to listen to the answer. Because I think that was my problem. I knew the answer for four long years when I was going through this Mm -hmm. midlife crisis. But I didn't want to hear the answer because I knew what it meant. It meant giving up some of the luxuries. Everything. Everything. I mean, not. No, well, really, you're right. Basically everything, you know, it meant giving up. um, As it was, right? Not that you lose everything in the transition, but you do have to give it up. I say that's one of the reasons why confusion is such a powerful um, protector. Because if you aren't clear, then you don't have to take action. And when we get really clear, it's very hard to not take action. Yes. So we often can stay in that gray zone because once we're clear, then it's like, well, doing this. And it's fine. A lot of people back up from that clarity and I've done it myself. You know, Mm -hmm. that's like a part of that process of like, I think we get clear. And then if we don't do it, then my like faithful perspective is that we're preparing, we're gaining the insight or the strength that we need to be able to say yes to it. Yeah. Yes. And that's so true because I ended up leaving one company that I had been with for like nine years to go to a different company. And I did that one for three years. And then I finally took the break from corporate, even though I knew when I was at that first company, Karen, you're done here. This is not where you want to be. I wasn't strong enough yet to do that. So I said, okay, let me make this change. And I was able to make that transition very quickly. Again, six months, the salary, the title, it all wore off. I was right back to being miserable where I was before. And then finally, August of 2020, it all happened. I was out of corporate. And like within such a short period of time, it was like I hired an editor for the book. I um, built my website. I did some motivational speaking. I decided I wanted to get certified as a life coach. I started taking on clients, you know, and it was like it took so much for that first couple of steps, those first couple of changes. And then once I started doing it, I was like, oh, I got this change, 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 change. And it become became so much easier for me to just right. adapt and follow the signs that I was being sent. Yeah. And I do want to say, because my pe- the people listening are in all sorts of dis- different circumstances, it's like there is an asset in this culture if you work in corporate long enough to throw a bunch of stuff in your savings account. So when you want to hire an editor and build your website and get a training program, you want to drop 20 to 50K to like get yourself from non-corporate into into from corporate into non-corporate into you know personalized business like that's really helpful for people who are in that space who are in the hustle that never made it into the corporate hustle they're playing on a different field than most people are playing the same game of Mm self-destruction just with different levels of compensation 
right? And and the the transition from corporate into non-corporate or from um, like workforce into um, like entrepreneur, not workforce, like money is helpful. But I also want to say out loud to the people listening, like it's not just the money. Like if you don't have clear mission, if you're not in alignment, if you are, are, are shrinking away from your own self, you can spend a lot of money and not make that transition, you know, and that you can use, you can, the, the willingness to do the work to say yes to the things you know, to get help where you don't know those things, and to just say, like, there are amazing, especially for women, there are amazing, a lot of cities now have amazing small business networks through cities that are completely free, women incubators, things Mm -hmm. like that, like, willing to do the work. There are people who, so if you hear this and think, well, like, I didn't have a corporate job, and I can't just, like, hire an editor and build a website, it's like, yeah, but collaboration is there for you when you get in alignment and you're willing to put yourself out there and that the hardest part to do is actually to put yourself out there and it's really easy to use the excuse of fill in the blank when it comes to the deep vulnerability of really pursuing your passion because that's the counterculture high risk vulnerability and I say all of this it feels like tender I feel like I'm I can feel somebody listening who's just like why are you scratch you're scratching at me Sophia and I'm just like I'm not trying to scratch at you I just I'm pulling on a chain that you can let go of pulling on a chain that you can let go of and and that plenty of people who have a corporate job and want to leave it they don't want to spend that nest egg they don't want to drop that 10 20 50k to move out of it they don't want to invest in themselves and so I want to pull on that chain and say like what are you you know for what like what are you what are you doing it for and and to make those choices and say give yourself six months you know if do an exercise of self-discipline of what is it to put it towards because all of these skills translate you know yeah. like all of these skills translate your ability to regulate yourself emotionally regulate yourself is going to help you business regulate yourself you know and sometimes you have to take the time to bridge those skills they don't automatically translate you have to you know take the time to integrate them and push them out and and I just think it's really um there is a potential in this moment especially like especially 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 um in this moment right now where there's this deep heartache of like, it has to be different. Mm -hmm. We can't go back. We can't go back. Like those of us that are looking at our kids that are little kids are looking at teenagers and going, fuck, (laughs) you know, like, oh my, like, no, like, no, 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 no. And then also looking at these kids and looking at these teens and going, they get a different reality and they're right. Right. Like there's a lot of if you're really willing to listen to the youth right now and the artists right now, they are telling us what's real. And a lot of people have been under the spell of what is not real. And they're saying, like, it's literally one planet. That's one of the things they're saying is like, what is this government country thing y'all are obsessed with? I have friends in and then they can list 70 countries because of their their TikTok following and they're playing video games with each other and they are using translator apps to have entire conversations with people, right? Like there's a reality of in base ways that there's a wisdom there. And so really in a lot of ways, 
for those of us that are in our age group right now, this like 35 to 55 work fa- workforce, either making money or working to make money, right? Like in this space right now, we have a real opportunity. And one of our real opportunities right now is to find ways to make space for those young people mm. to like raise in their voice to yeah. share our wisdom because our wisdom is valuable like it's not wasted we're not past that's not what I'm saying at all right but what we're like our wisdom half of our wisdom is to recognize that the the lie that they've been stewed in that as they move from 16 to 25 they will either be perpetuators of mm-hmm. or the creators of something different and the environments that they go into and what's mo- what's modeled for them and it's one of the reasons why it's so important as parents to do self-care as part of your parenting responsibility, not as something separate because you are teaching, you're teaching your kids how to be healthy or how to not be healthy. And that was one of the things that was so beautiful about me being able to leave corporate and to show my kids, look, mommy's following her dreams. And, you know, we had some real conversations. Look, we're not going to be able to go to the New Jersey Devils hockey game and get third row tickets anymore. Like if we go at all, we might be up a little bit higher this time, guys. Okay. Like, you know, I don't, I don't want to scare you. Like, we're not going to be able to feed ourselves. Like, it's not going to be like that. Although I've been in those situations before. But, you know, it was like some things are going to change. But here's why. Here's why we're doing this. And this is what this means. Mommy yeah. gets to take you to school every day. I get to pick you up. I get to be here with you in the afternoon. I get to make dinner. I get to not scream at you in the morning and say, get your shoes on. We got to go. I have a meeting. What's wrong with you? You're making me late. You know, it was like this constant story in our household is so toxic like what a crappy way for a three and a six-year-old or three and five to start their day with a mom screaming at them get on your shoes we gotta go to work you know it just it wasn't working for anyone and so we had to do so many things to like make the shift and now they'll ask me Karen or Karen they don't call me Karen they'll say mom Karen (laughs) I bet they do sometimes though right sometimes I get dude I've gotten bro I've gotten dude but yeah not so much Karen yet So they'll be like, mom, how many books did you sell today? Or like, how many people, how many clients do you have right now for coaching? How'd your coaching call go today? Because I'll tell them like, oh, I'm so excited. I have a client today. Like, well, you know, whatever. Like I'll had on Monday night, I had a call with like a potential client. And after I got done, they like came running in. They're like, so how did it go? Did you, did she sign with you? You know? And they're like, they're really excited to be a part of my dream. And they get to see, look, you don't have to settle. Like if you have something on your heart that you're being called to do, like, you owe it to the world to step into your purpose. Because someone's going to read this book. I don't know. Maybe it's only one person. But there is a person out there who's going to read this book. Hopefully millions. We'll see. Um, who is going to go, oh my gosh, this was me. I was doing this to myself. I was putting this pressure, um, you know, on my sex life to have an orgasm every single time. Oh, well, right. Only like 20% of women orgasm from penetration alone. Okay, I'm not broken. <laughs> You know, like these are real things that like for years I was like, am I broken? Is something wrong with my body? And if I had known that years earlier, I wouldn't have wasted so much time being Mm -hmm. frustrated with myself, Mm -hmm. being frustrated with V, Mm -hmm. being frustrated with my partners. Like it would have just been such a more surrender and enjoyment of those moments that that joy was robbed because of yeah. things that we hear from society and culture and we see in the movies and all this stuff that isn't real. It's not, it's not real. real. No. I'll just throw this out here right now. Please. And most people, it's like the fourth or fifth round of 
arousal that actually allows penetrative sex to be truly um, pleasurable, that we have all these different collections of erectile tissue in the back, on the sides, the clitoris, which is like has all of these arms and that, and then, and then a lot of people even say that the cervix can't feel that the cervix, which is, I can't even, people say dumb, dumb things. Um, but that there's like no pleasure to be had there. And it's like, there's certain states of arousal in which things are pleasurable and in other states they're not pleasurable. Mm. And the wild thing about the vagina and all of this stuff is that they can be turned on differently. So you can have like one part of the erectile tissue, like erect, but then not other parts. So you can have your, you know, the rectile, erectile tissue bulb, like swollen in the back, but your clit is totally mellow and chilling. Right. Yes. And so, and, and, and like all of these notions or how much relaxation is really huge or how much like, and, and what it is to like relax the jaw and to relax your asshole, even if you're not putting anything like in there or on there that that then allows for circulation making sound like these are things that really change like how much pleasure we can have in a in a moment and I just want to say that often when it comes to penetrative pleasure it's like after two or three orgasms when people are very aroused very wet and for a lot of people very relaxed they have a very Mm -hmm. open heart energy the cervix digestion and heart that channel is totally open and that the cervix pulls way back and so the vaginal canal gets really long and so you have this elongated erectile tissue space so then you have way more stimulus that's like you know from the penetration the in and out whereas if it's very collapsed and everything's short it's like yeah there's not a lot of contact and this will be making and it's like who's talking about this stuff no one right that's like, the problem who's talking about this stuff we're talking you about are, it right now but you know? yes and exactly. it's, i'm talking about it right now you know they just being like these are just things mm-hmm. that can change and they can literally change minute by minute session by session like day by day like season by season you know you yeah. can have like a clit season and then you can have like a, and that's one of the reasons why people think about anal pleasure for people with penises because of the um prostate which is magical people don't know um, yeah I don't know anything very, about that it's very it's very magical and if a person with a penis can relax enough to open it's a complete it's a very very vulnerable and very very intimate because a lot of the time they haven't had penetration this idea of having someone inside them is like it's culturally yeah. it's just there's so much cultural stuff around that but the prostate itself can literally secrete the way that we get wet the like the rectum itself can get wet and like have its own secretion so there's like lots of cues that physiologically this is not an off the right <laughs> this is not off the beaten path this is like we're designed for pleasure and our um erectile tissue that's in the back is between the um the like the the anus rectal pathway and our vaginal canal so that's why for a lot of people pressure from both sides can be so much more pleasurable they might not even feel depending on how their body is shaped or where the direction is they may not even feel that um that um that that entire erectile tissue without a little bit of pressure from the back and so even just a little bit like that idea of just like what about a pinky it's just like (laughs) even just like a little bit (laughs) 
right? Like just a little just bit in knuckle, there. Just one knuckle. Just up to one knuckle. Just one, just one knuckle. Just one knuckle. That that can um, that that can really pivot the tissue, the way that the tissue is lining right. up, which then allows the vaginal experience to be totally different. And then little, and then again, energetically, that when we rely, like that notion of a tight ass or something up our butt yeah. or that those things are energetically, those are signs of of tension and control. And so being able to open the the ass and being able to like open and relax and really receive from that way is a physiological cue that there's a real surrendering that's happening and so like as a lover you know I always say that as a lover our job is to love whatever is put in front of us Mm -hmm. like whatever it is right Right. like that's if I am someone's lover then it's like I'm literally the invitation is to whether it's their tears whether it's their tension whether it's their pleasure what I've signed up for is to be loving yeah. is to love it, is to love on it or to love it with touch or to love it with space, you know? Yes. And so I just, I just love that you said that of just being like, we don't know, people don't know, people don't know this stuff. More people are knowing it. Yeah. And I absolutely believe that it's part of the like temple resurrection. It's one of the huge pieces that is incredibly important for me. And, and I'm on a huge mission right now. I actually recommend there's a podcast called the oldest professional mm. and it is about, um, it's about uh, whores and prostitutes and sex workers through the ages. And the company Old Pros, which I highly recommend everyone go check out, is working on decriminalizing of um, sex work and, uh, and you know, re-educating our perspective on what it is for people to be professionals, right? Hmm. To be professionals in physical pleasure and intimacy and that that is totally different from it's not – there is a there's an overlap which is heartbreaking and it's true and it's long time you know s- s- human trafficking is real That's it's even where i when people want it like instantly admit, go admit, when people, i hear it instantly go sex but sex work and human trafficking are not at the fact that they've been conflated and been made the same thing is part of this same lie of just being like why <laughs> why would a grown trained adult who's getting paid for their professional services. They've spent 10 years learning anatomy, energy pathways, and physical touch techniques. Why is that professional associated with someone who's been enslaved and abused? Those are two totally different things. The fact that there's crossover in that culturally is part of the problem, and it is literally part of the problem. Like, it is used to obscure, like I said, keep things in the gray, keep things confusing. Mm -hmm. And I really believe that one of the thing that's powerful about this notion, even if you don't agree with me, I encourage you to learn a little bit about it because I believe that it is a huge part of this vagina story that we're rewriting, which is that years and years and years ago, before prostitution was illegal, many of those professionals were priestesses, they're healers, mm-hmm. and they were taught by healers. And they were taught how to tend their own body and how to tend other people's bodies. And they taught people how to tend their own bodies and how to tend other people's bodies. They're professionals and they were turned, learned how to heal when it was made illegal and a problem. And the finances often got controlled by men instead of the women themselves. Right. Right. Then the ownership of body, the ownership of babies right? The ownership of the economic system, like when all those women who 
you know, or not just women, but priestesses and practitioners, right, would receive that who had this practice, they were going to spend, they spent that money very different than these other, you know, organizations or brothels or that non-controlling of the finances and, and, and deciding whose body gets spent on who, right? Like there's a crossover there. That's where that crossover from sex work goes into slave labor, right? And so what is it to have it not be criminalized at all and have it be like respected and, and professional and mentorship and boundaries and economic because it's not going anywhere it has not and it will not go anywhere and I know the demand's only gone up only going up and it's only going to go up yeah because especially because people are so wounded that they can't have sex with peers because most people don't know how to hold a wounded person. Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of stories of how much time sex workers spend holding people crying wow. or talking and, and in this being physically held or, you know, and holding this un, this unraveling of tension and these secrets unburdening vets and soldiers go to be have their bodies be held and touched in restorative ways I know people that have hired professionals after being um, sexually assaulted because they needed to feel like they could be really in a space that was really regulated and they were in control and after two or three sessions were able to return to the dating scene mm-hmm. was it was hugely transformative for them to have somebody who was just there to just navigate in this way that was respectful and restorative restoring the damage that was done to this person because this world doesn't know how to respect bodies or communicate around it right so there's a lot in here I think it goes really deep and I know it's really radical this is one of the kind of pushiest radical most radical things that I'm on right now but I really I really feel like it's one of those things that (laughs) mark my words I was talking about periods when everybody thought it was gross Right, right. <laughs> I was I was talking about ancestral healing and reclamation before anybody thought it was cool or real. And by anybody, I just I literally don't mean anybody. Like obviously, indigenous people are know some stuff and know a lot of stuff. And my like I give thanks to all my teachers. But it's like that pulp culture reference right. of just being like that's gross and that's whatever. Like I don't even like calling it the dominant culture because I'm like you're losing. You're not dominant anymore. You're like sliding down a hill backwards. So. You know, but like, I, I am, I am on, on, I am talking about a pushy subject and I am talking about it in a way that's a little uncomfortable because it's part of that chain system. Mm. It's part of that way that we've been chained, which is like, no, 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 my sex is clean and good. Their sex is dirty is, is a huge part of this system that allows this system or just think about like, it's like in that, and people really have a moral high ground of like you can't have sex for money and just being like, what has marriage been for 2000 years except a contractual agreement in which many times a dowry is like a person gets bought and then is obligated to create an heir. So like you can't like just, and that's the clean version. Right. Right. And I'm just like, these, these are the things that are falling apart and they need to fall apart because when they fall apart, what you have instead are sovereign beings who are making choices for themselves and their bodies and other people making sovereign choices for themselves and their bodies. And that is how we rebuild a world that is caregiving and restorative. Mm. Well, thank you for sharing that. It's not something I've had a lot of exposure to or really fully understand. Um, So that was really interesting. 
Yeah, it was for me, it was really, it wasn't until it was my own healing journey mm-hmm. that I hired a sexual empowerment coach where I started to um, go into these spaces. I had never, not per- a little bit in Burning Man, like a little bit of exposure in that space, but it wasn't until I got into that space and I started working with and having conversations with very real people mm-hmm. that were very real people having different conversations and saying like, yeah, like this is this is why I did it. This is why I stopped. Um, this is why I would do it differently. And then tantra teachers, like what it is to work with tantricas or to have tantra practitioners. And a lot of tantra workers don't touch anyone's body, um, but a lot do. And then sexological body work, right? California, you look to the West, there's like, these are spaces where people look and they say, that's not sex work. And I'm like, okay, but that's because your moral code says that one is clean and one is dirty. Right. And so you use prostitution and sex work to say it's dirty. And then you use all these other words to say that it's clean. And I'm like, that doesn't, I want to know if it's safe or unsafe. That's what I want to know. I want to know if it hurts people or it doesn't hurt people. Mm -hmm. That's where I think the line needs to be, you know? And so this moral code of like, and I do think that there's a soul code in that, you know, of like, what is real what is real care, what has hurt people, and what has not hurt people. But those are things that we can collectively and together really orient mm-hmm. around. Like, we can really figure that out in a way that's really not that confusing. You know, it's like, were they traumatized and came out dissociated? You know? Right. Like, did they go in and come out in better condition than they went in? Right? And this process of, like, a third of therapists, talk therapists, leave people in worse condition than they started. Yeah. You know, yeah. so like, and I always say with people with therapy in general, it's like they say a third make you better, a third don't do much, and a third make you worse. You have a third of finding someone who does you better just as a talk therapist, right? And so it's like that's a matter of compatibility, that's a matter of skill set, that's a matter of timing, and that's a matter of discernment, right? Yeah. And so it's like I imagine that that's like a similar thing when we start looking at what it is for practitioners, right? Like what it is for people. Um, anyway, yeah, so that's my, I'm like really on that kick right now. It feels like really radical and pushy and it feels like that edge that's like nobody really wants to talk about, but it's my job to talk about it. So right, it's my job to talk about those things. Um, Karen, Thank you so much. This has been just an absolute treasure. You're a treasure. Thank you for your your sweet like your sweetness, your vulnerability and your your courage and your strength, your like hard working nature. I love this image of you choosing the peaceful morning and the like mm-hmm. the putting the night the teeth grinding night guard down. You know, yeah. I mean, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about putting down, putting, like, really putting those things down and picking up, right? Like, what it yeah. is to, like, you know, pick those, the things up that we really want to really choose those things. Um, so, I have a couple closing questions, but before okay. we do that, I just want to, if there's anything that you want to say or share, I'm happy to kind of just hand you the mic for a moment. So if there's anything that you feel, like, left unsaid that you want to add or anything. Oh, I love that. And one of the things I do want to share with everyone is that a portion of the proceeds from the ins and outs of my vagina, a penetrating memoir, is going to go to Alliance for Period Supplies. And um, they're a fantastic organization. We got a little ad here in the back of the book. And they have um, reach. to. They have about 125 chapters here in the U.S. And they're helping women... Um, young girls and, you know, adult women uh, or menstruators, really. Uh, so anyone who is menstruating 
to get access to period products that they need. And yeah. one in five have said, one in five menstruators have said that they have struggled to pay for period products. So they literally cannot go to work. They cannot create this dream life that they love. They can't even, you know, go to school in some cases. And if they yeah. do, then sometimes what they do is they'll leave product in too long, which can create issues of toxic shock mm. syndrome and things that are very bad for your health. Or they'll use unclean things like socks or old t-shirts um, because they literally don't have anything else. And so as a part of going through my midlife crisis, I knew that one of the things I was lacking was a bigger purpose. I just worked. I was a workaholic. That's all I did was work. And I just didn't have, wasn't giving back in any way, shape, or form. And so for me, I knew that this book had to have a bigger purpose other than just, you know, being a place that women could go to commiserate and relive their journeys and gain some insights, you know, depending on your age and, and what experiences you've had. But um, I knew I wanted it to touch other people's lives in an even bigger way. So um, when you buy a copy, which is available on Amazon and Barnes and Noble, you can get, uh, we'll take a portion of those proceeds and donate um, directly to them. Or if you go to my Instagram, um, at Karen Freeland, I am also doing a separate campaign. So if for some reason the book isn't for you, which I would debate, but that's okay, um, you can just donate directly to the Alliance for Period Supplies if, through my fundraising campaign. Um, so there's a link in my bio, and then you can just click in there. And whatever you can get, you know, $5, $10, I mean, you know, depending on your blessings and um, what you're capable of, uh, I, I would be grateful, and I know that, all the women that we will be supporting through Alliance for Period Supplies would be very grateful. Awesome. I love it. I love that linking, linking the, this is that collaborative turn, turning time that yeah. we're, that we're all, this is what I'm talking about. I'm just being like, yeah, this is what we do. I really am a firm believer that it's our, our natural instinct to, um, to take care of each other. Yeah. And that that's true for more people than it is for not. And that it's one of the lies that we've been told is that you can't trust people to take care of people and I'm like I have a whole life that tells me otherwise especially in a crisis I have seen I have seen thousands of people show up on behalf of thousands of people more than once in my life so mm -hmm. amazing thank you for being part of that collaborative vision style um so I think you just said the thing so my second to last question is like where can people find you what are the things so I feel like we just we just covered that so yeah. check out Karen's book you can get it on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles um and you're Instagram at Karen Freeland, Karen with a K, K-A-R-I-N, Freeland, F-R-E-E-L-A-N-D. Yeah, and they can go to my website, karenfreeland.com, if they want to check out the life coaching or anything else. Um, there's a free snippet if you're like, I don't know, let me read a little bit of this book first. Um, you can download that, yeah. get on my mailing list. Uh, so lots of ways to get in touch. Love it. So good. Okay. So we've talked about a lot of this, but we're going to ask you right now. So my formal closing question for Vagina Talks for you is we are envisioning a world, another world that we're living in, that we are calling into existence, that we are beckoning, that I, I always say for, for my babies, I say like, that, you know, like I am working diligently for that world that they are going to walk in and through as an adult. Like mm -hmm. what is... What is that world? What part do you see? What's your thread of that vision? What does it look like? What does it feel like? What do you know? Um, give us a, a scene or a snippet of that world that we're calling in. Community. Community is the word mm. that just is resonating with me right now. It's just screaming in my head. 
like this sense where, you know, you I think you mentioned earlier, like grow your own food, right? And like having these options to just be more self-sufficient, but also leaning on each other, you know? And we see so much negativity in the news. It's one of the reasons why I don't have TV and I don't watch a lot of news because it's just toxic and it robs me of my joy and I don't I don't need that. So I judge the world based on what I see right out my window here. And although it's a little rainy today, um, I see a neighborhood full of people who help each other out all the time, you know, who are there for each other, who watch each other's houses. Um, and we are all different, you know, ages, races, backgrounds, genders. It just... And we're all coexisting in such a beautiful way. And and, and that makes me feel, you know, happy to be alive, happy to live here, and just so grateful. And so whatever that looks like for my kids, I just want them to have that sense of community and knowing that the people who you are surrounded by, you know, appreciate you for who you are and will be there to support you. Oh, I love that. Appreciate for who you are and be there to support you. That. I'm going to that world. Yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm in. Come on. I'm in. Get, I'm in. Ticket. I got my ticket. <laughs> I'm going. It's full steam ahead. Karen, thank you so much. I appreciate it. I just want to let my listeners know um, I am actually – my, my Reiki class starts soon. I've designed it so that even if you're not local, um, you can do it. It's a long-form class, um, but we're going to do a one-day one opening in person in Durham, North Carolina, and in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, and then there'll be a virtual course um, kind of supplementing, integrating, and then a closing back in person. So you can travel to the East Coast, get that in-person time. I, a lot of us need healing right now. I just want to throw that out there. Um, it just feels like a special a special moment to kind of be, be holding ourselves and learning how to, like I said, like touch ourselves and, and touch people with a loving way. So um, just want to throw that out there while it's on my mind. Karen, thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story. I'm just grateful. It's again, I've said it multiple times through the, through the, through our time together and I really mean it and uh, blessings on your book, on the sales, go get the book, tell someone about it, you know, a memoir, a story. These things can be incredible door openers for people that might be a little bit closer to the, they're not ready to hear me rant necessarily about sex work, right? People that just need a little bit more of like a like the in and outs, a little bit of destigmatizing the experience of the vagina. It's an incredible bridge maker. It's a great. I'm like this is a great. This is a great book for that cousin or nibbling who is in college at 23 or that sister-in-law, you know, who just gave birth or you know, it's got all of those stories. So so feel. Um, yeah, that's my, go get, go get the book. And Karen, thank you for your work. And may each and every one of us, those listening, you, Karen, me, myself, may we just trust our bodies and be more and more at ease. May we show up to our purpose and our calling. May we be gentle with ourselves and enjoy the path as we go with one another. I love All that. All right, everybody. Love that. You're so sweet, Karen. Thank you for having me. I'm going to go massage my breasts now. (laughs) Okay, great. All right, bye. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much. And thank you, Sam. Thank you, Sophia. 
remember, everything that we talked about in today's episodes will be in the show notes. So go there for links. For more content that you're going to love, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to this podcast. Share this episode with anybody you think you'll enjoy it and share the love with a rate or review wherever you listen. And to find out about all the mad adventures I'm up to, check me out on Instagram at SophiaWiseOne uh, or come to my website, SophiaWiseOne.com. I am Sophia Wise One, daughter of the wind. I am calling you to rise up, rise up, rise up, rise up and take your place. Thank you, gorgeous. I am thrilled and grateful for your support listening to this podcast. I want to invite you to come check out the Patreon. If you think this podcast is the bee's knees and you're grateful that it exists, I want you to know I'm grateful that you exist. Come join the Patreon. I call it the temple. We are healing. We are musicking. We are podcasting. We are together. Come check it out. You can find it through Patreon backslash Sophia Wise One or through my website, sophiawiseone.com. Y'all know you need to hear that, though. You know. If you don't know, now you know. If you don't know. Okay. Yo, I'm so excited about Vagina Talks right now. Don't pretend like you don't know this is the best podcast you've ever listened to. Don't pretend like you don't know. You know.